bed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well. And right now, I'm thumbing through a book. I'm thumbing through my 1E AD&D Dungeon Master's Guide. Something I like to do periodically. No matter what game, no matter what fantasy game I'm running, and sometimes not fantasy game, I just marvel at this book as most people do. And I think it should be, if not all three of the one books, I think this book at least should be in everyone's collection, whether you're an OSR person or not. Just because, I mean, it's not, it's a, it's a good tool, it's a great toolkit. And you read things that I, I read things that I normally wouldn't think about that I have actually able to, to apply to my game. So there's that. And I'll go into more detail on this after this. So I have my first edition Dungeon Master's Guide here. Mine is the. It says revised printing, December 79. So it's one of the later printings. Can't say which one because it doesn't tell me. They usually do. That's funny. That's weird. But there was a couple of things in here that I didn't know. And a couple of. And something, a thing or two related to magic items and artifacts. One thing, I never understood the flanking rules. So I happened to fall on that, and I read it. Now, one thing, see, here's the thing. Gary gives you a lot of things to think about. And he comes up with things that are really interesting and fascinating, but I don't always, as, as any other as any other person, any other person who writes things, I don't always agree with them. For instance, in the flanking rules, he says that if you're flanking, if somebody's flanking you, you do not get the benefit of armor class for your sheet if you're using a shield. And to me, that is, I, I, I don't, I don't agree with that because that is the whole point of a shield. Now, you might do something like, oh, I don't know. Either ask the carrot, either ask the player, who will always say yes, or you can just take a d6. One, two, three, the shield's on the left side. Four, five, six, the shield's on the right side. Or you can look at the miniature if the miniature has a shield. I would, I would ask the player at the beginning of combat or some other time near the beginning of the of the session, whatever. What side? What which which arm do you use for your shield? And then just go with that. And most players I find are, you know, pretty honest about that. So that's how I judge that. So it would depend on what side they're using their shield on. Simple, easy peasy. Here's some things about missile encounter reactions, missile discharge. And let's go back here to the, as I said, the, the magic item section. One of my favorite areas. 
And let's see. Rings. And what I wanted to get back to is the artifacts. Artifacts and artifacts and relics. Because there's a whole bunch of things you can read here. I mean, the description of the artifacts, of course, the ones that Gary came up with. Of course, he's he's always going to encourage you to come up with your own. But what fascinates me is they have certain high-level artifacts that you get to you get to design yourself. Not really design, but you get to modify yourself. And he encourages that. And how he encourages that is he does stuff like, oh, say, Acts of the Dwarvish Lords. Well, he's not going to tell you what exactly. And this is interesting. Mag- other magic items and some other artifacts, he'll tell you what they do. But in things like, say, Acts of the Dwarvish Lords, Crown of Might, uh, a few other ones, Eye of Vecna, of course, Hand of Vecna, Baba Yaga's Hut, and things like that, Crystal of the Ebon Flame. He gives you blanks. He describes the item and how it was made. It He gives you a few abilities, like the Axe of the Dwarves Lords is uh, equal to a plus three hammer. It's got a, a head of a plus three hammer on it, and it's a magical item. But then he goes, he gives you these blanks down here. It has additional powers. You decide what they are. And he gives you two two blanks for first level, second level, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And you decide what the powers are. Same thing with, say, the crown of might. And it's interesting because each crown has alignment, evil, good, or neutrality, and each one has slots for three types of abilities. This is the kind of thing that gets me to thinking. And it goes, it can get really complicated, too, because because you've got, like, say, the machine of Lum the Mad, that's got, like, up to, I'd say, 50 different powers. 60, it's because it's got dials, switches, and levers on it that you need to pull. Heroes Mystical Organ is almost the same thing. But this, I think more people should make artifacts like this. They really should. Just, okay, here's what it does basically when you're just carrying it around. It's a magical weapon. It'll give you a plus for this, that. Maybe a, a better plus versus things like undead or dragons or something like that. But it also has extra powers. And you decide what they are, Mr. D- Mr. Game Master. And it could change every... And, and here's another thing where they encourage you to write in books, which to me, this is the step... You know, one of you, D&D, being a hardback, oh, it's hard for me to do that. So I will... I have the PDF. So I will print off the appropriate pages but the thing is this can change if you write them in pencil in here or you write or you just print them out on a pdf you write them in and this can change every time say somebody finds a let's see oh i don't know a joydee's mask which has two first level abilities one second one third one sixth and the following powers and effects. So, 
you write down some things, they find one. And then, say, a couple couple of sessions later, they find another one. And you can just, like, erase that and put a different one there. You expe- I expect them to write this stuff down, so... So you just you just have that, and that's what makes that's what, one of the things that makes this book so damn versatile. This book should be in every gamer's library, and I'm not even talking about game masters, gamers, because it gives you it gives you great. I I know I'm okay. I know I'm preaching to the crowd right now, but seriously. Go out and either find this book, or I believe that, or either that, or go to drive through, get the PDF, or even better, I believe they're print on demand now. Yeah, they're print on demand. Get a POD of this. Yeah, get yourself a copy. Everybody, every gamer should have this. It's full of wondrous, wondrous information. And it's almost like one of those tomes where you just open it on a page and, wow, I didn't know that. Oh, wow, I could do that in my next game. That's cool. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Go get you one, okay? So, I'm going to go start my day. So, if you want to talk to me about this or anything, oldmangrognar at gmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor, and we are funded. We are monetized and all that good stuff. And it's as little as 99 cents a month you can help me out with this. You can contribute to that, and I would thank you. I would, you contribute to the program. Thank you again, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, and Daniel. You guys are great. And don't forget, Mark Walring's show, podcast, The Yawning Albert, right here on Anchor. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.